Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning and welcome to Out of the Blue on Sunday 3rd of June 2018. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial, or you can have a listen from our website, www.3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue, where you'll find a number of previously broadcast episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. My name is Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic and Marine Care Point Cook, and today's weather, uh, what a gorgeous day in Melbourne we've got today, a forecast top of 14 degrees, fine sunny with a little bit of intermittent cloud around, um, a bit of a southerly wind uh, blowing this morning and uh, that's backing off in the afternoon so we've got pretty calm, light conditions out on uh, on Port Phillip Bay, um, a fantastic day to be out and about on our waterways but as usual if you're out there please be very very careful. Today I'm joined in the studio by someone we've had the pleasure of interviewing before, uh, she is the Executive Director and Head of Research of the Marine Mammal Foundation, uh, formerly known as the Australian Marine Mammal Conservation Foundation and is the very top of her profession and a recognised world expert on the study of marine mammals. Uh, Dr Kate Charlton-Robb, welcome to Out of the Blue. Oh, thank you for having me. Not a problem. Okay, what we'll do is we'll uh, quickly duck to a community service announcement and we'll be back with Kate on all the latest and greatest info on marine mammals after this. 
Want to support 3CR's diverse and independent voices? Donate now by calling 9419 8377 or donate online at www.3cr.org.au or post us a cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial. Okay, uh, Kate, can you uh, tell us uh, what's uh, what's news in your neck of the woods, in your world and the world of marine mammals? Well, it has been a really interesting and exciting first half of the year. I can't believe we're in June already. Oh, tell uh, me about <laughs> it. This year's going just like the last one. Absolutely, so quickly. And it's, you know, getting a little chillier out there on the water. But we've had um, some fantastic um, surveys. We do our seasonal surveys both in Port Phillip Bay and the Gippsland Lakes, predominantly focusing on the endangered Baranan dolphin. So, as you know, they uh, were only described in 2011 as a separate species. And, and then, unfortunately... Uh, in 2013 already listed as endangered. So the focus of our research is really um, understanding these guys a little better. Absolutely. And who was, just uh, for the benefit of our listeners, who was the legend who found that species that was sitting on <laughs> Uh, that was, in fact, me. Yes, thank you, Andrew. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Uh, it was a bit of a journey of discovery. A whole lot of things I, you know, thought at the start of my PhD um you know, to what I what I ended up at the end was very very different. So yeah, a great a great journey. Like some of the some of the all all time great discoveries in science sort of starts off in one direction, goes another, and yeah, it's it's really spectacular stuff. Yeah. So um uh, and and what is that sort of research work around the Gippsland Lakes and and Port Phillip sort of been showing of late? Um. So we're having a look at um essentially the the research we do is always for a purpose for a conservation outcome or to um help with management and mitigation of threats. So at the moment, we're having a look at um, the population, so population viability analysis. So in particular, having a look at our calving success and you know our mothers and calves and their relationships um, and getting a really good handle on our numbers. So in Port Phillip Bay, we estimate there's only about 120 uh, Baranan dolphins that call Port Phillip Bay home. Wow. And then only 65 residents in the Gippsland Lake. So these are incredibly small populations. Um, and so then we're also having a look at uh, their behaviours, um, areas of, of high usage and then what they're doing in those areas. So are there particular areas to the bay that these dolphins feed in? Um, are there areas that they carve in, you know, where they have their, their babies? And so it's really looking at those to, be, to better protect, A, you know, those areas but also the species. Um, and I guess in a really good way with that, we're protecting everything underneath that umbrella of the baronan as well yeah right right so that's um yeah like you mentioned before uh in your introduction looking at um you know 2011 there's discovery and then there's that rude wake-up call only what two years later 2013 they're already described as endangered um you know uh was that a was that a big shock to the system to discover that they were so i mean that's uh, those sort of numbers you're talking is that fair enough to say it's virtually critically endangered almost isn't it? yeah they're very very small i guess it, and that's that was one of the uh the reasons that I that I started the foundation is that I really wanted to take you know continue the research but then also take it to the next level of looking at those threatening processes and and being able to do education around um, around the animals as well so um, getting out in the community and and telling people about these amazing dolphins that are living right underneath our our noses um, but then also um, instigating 
you know, action for change. Um, we see threatening impacts from plastics and the entanglements. Uh, and so raising the profile and raising the awareness and that care and compassion for people to make better choices. Yeah, right, right. And what are some of the uh, some of the key threats to those baronans? I mean, such a small standing stock of them, if you like, at the moment. What are some of the key things that, uh, that, that sort of cause you to lose sleep at night when you think about baronans and their future? Or what are some of the real problems that we've got at the moment? Well, I guess the biggest uh, the biggest threat is ourselves, is humans, um, and so it is really having a look at the amount of litter and waste that that we're using and the single use plastics that are ending up in the bay, um, pollutants and toxicants, you know, emerging pollutants and toxicants, as well as you know ones that have been in the system, say mercury, for for quite some time, and and the other thing we're having a look at is is our impact when we're out on the water, so vessel impact um, and how that changes behaviour of the dolphins because there's been studies in the past that have shown a displacement of a, of a population or, you know, a resident pod out of a particular area um, because of that high impact. Uh, so we've been having a look at not only the dolphins' behaviour in the particular areas but then how that behaviour changes when vessels uh, approach the dolphins. There are regulations in place to say that people cannot approach the dolphins within 100 metres, and uh, that's on a powered and unpowered vessel. Uh, if you're on a jet ski, it's 300 metres. Wow. Um, and it's just that awareness. A lot of people don't know those, but then even people who do know them, you know, if there are dolphins in the area, everybody wants to get that closer look. But it's the same as, you know, if we were trying to get a really good night's sleep and our truck was constantly or our car was constantly driving through our bedroom, we're not going to get that good night's sleep. So if you could imagine that, you know, you're a dolphin, you don't actually get that choice, you need to rest and you're constantly getting approached with uh, with boats and jet skis and it's not, a, it's not only just those changes in behaviour that we're documenting, it's also, you know, um, boat strikes and, and impact. Right, right. Um, have we seen much evidence of that so far, boat strikes and impacts? Yeah, we, we have had a couple of incidences. We've got one dolphin, one female dolphin in our Port Phillip Bay population called Lucky. Uh, she got her name because she was very lucky to have survived a boat strike. So she's actually got prop marks wow. uh, down her dorsal fin and into her body that have, that have covered and, um, you know, recovered and and scarred um we have another so another um sort of part of different species of dolphin off mornington so common dolphins so there's a couple of juveniles in there that have obviously been hit by a, a boat and there's a big chunk of their tail stock missing Ooh, um right. so you know they they are friendly dolphins are friendly and it's okay if the dolphins approach you uh and because i love a bow ride and they're just as inquisitive about you know checking us out as well but it's it's really giving them that choice um and and not breaching those those regulations that are in place yeah right it's interesting you mentioned that i uh, was on the beach at uh, point cook uh, point cook uh, marine sanctuary a few uh, months ago now I think it was either late March or early April and uh, there was a, a family on the beach who happened to be walking past and they all started sort of shouting and pointing because you can see all the dorsal fins coming up and I realised yeah there's a pile of dolphins um, and there, there seemed to be about five or six of them from memory and they yeah. were uh, you know doing that characteristic porpoising behaviour mm -hmm. and uh, moving through the water and all of a sudden the boat did come along a tinny and it was doing a fair rate of knots passing uh, transiting through the marine sanctuary uh, the dolphins were moving pretty quickly to the east as they often do. I don't know if they were chasing bait fish or what, but they right. were right up at the surface so you could see them comfortably. As soon as the boat 
come along and you heard the roar of that internal combustion engine, they, they suddenly just vanished. And is that sort of the, uh, you know, the expected behaviour of that species? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously if they're feeding or if they're resting and if they've got calves in the group, then we need to be mindful of that. And, and sometimes it's, a, it's not a deliberate violation, but they can, yeah, go down and, and get out of the area. Um, you can have things like if they were actively feeding, then they'll stop actively feeding and go into sort of a milling state where they're, they're, their behaviour is being disturbed and so then they um, – have to regroup and and go on so it's having a look at that impact and then also raising the awareness so we've got um, a booklet that we've created uh, for the community that that talks about the amazing barren and dolphins and how we identify each of our different dolphins but then also raising the awareness of the regulations and and giving the dolphins a choice to come and interact yeah right and and the same with the whales as well we're getting more and more whales through the area now with the migration uh, from antarctica up up north uh, and so it's keeping our distance from from those whales as well i mean obviously they're much larger and much more powerful but uh, it's giving the choice yeah right right so what's your advice i, I tend to notice when i'm out at point cook there's a lot of boats uh, and, and a martyr that sit right outside the marine sanctuary yeah, so they, yeah. They, they seem to know where right the on that line are. yeah <laughs> yeah which is a good thing they know that the uh where the boundary is but they do tend to hang around in uh decent numbers if you're um you've got your tinny and you're motoring up to a certain favorite fishing spot and all of a sudden you start seeing dorsal fins around you and the baronans are there uh what's your advice to to boaters in that sort of situation so in that situation it's really just to to power down and keep your course so um you know you can go about about your day but be aware of their presence so you're not actually you know changing your course to approach them um so if you just keep on your track and power down and go through safely in the area then if the dolphins do come over then that's their choice but changing your course to drive into the dolphins or over to the dolphins is is a breach in the regulations so yeah yeah, slow down and keep your course and and um and hope that they want to come and see you yeah which would be nothing (laughs) unusual would it they're quite inquisitive creatures very yeah there's a lot of times where you know you catch them looking up and uh, it's an amazing moment, just an, a magical <sighs> moment when you get the eye-to-eye contact and it's like, who's checking who out here? Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's pretty special. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just about giving them the choice to check you out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Especially when you consider, I mean, these things are renowned for being some of the smartest uh, aquatic animals or smartest animals full stop, aren't they? Yeah, the, definitely. The very big brains and very um, highly social. Um, you know, the communication, obviously, they, um, they communicate with their acoustics with their sound so that's another um, issue that we're having a look at is actually the uh, the frequency in which the dolphins communicate is the same frequency that the majority of wreck vessel motors work at and so it can become a very loud environment especially during summer um, in those peak season when there are a lot of jet skis a lot of boats around the areas and the dolphins are just doing what they're doing that that sound um, can actually impact on their communication and their foraging activities and so we're having a look at at the sound too but it's also pretty cool to hear with the hydrophone under the water you know (laughs) them chattering you know chattering to each other and whistles and squeaks and squawks and yeah it's pretty cool he's dropping on the dolphin language yeah it's pretty amazing that's great stuff yeah oh terrific all right well we might um we might break things up a little bit and go to a quick song here this is uh, uh i suppose you could say it's an aquatic uh, aquatic theme um features the word wave anyway <laughs> this is love is the seventh wave by sting
Help Freesia support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline, and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care, and also others. The recognition were... of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years, and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial. A quick shout out to our Indigenous brothers and sisters. It was fantastic last night. The MCG, 81,000 people were there for uh, Dreamtime at the G. Um, and that's as far as I'm going to go with it because my footy team, Essendon, played really crap oh. last night. Got blown off the park. <laughs> oh, this is not a sports show, so I'm going to leave that right there. <laughs> Get back up to the Yeah, exactly right. Um, Kate, you were just discussing um, the importance of uh, community participation with sightings like the one I made from the beach at Point Cook. I actually should have uh, done a little bit more there and still will, of course, but um, uh, done something to report that sighting. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously we would love to be on the water all of the time, but it's not possible. But for the people that are and do spend a lot of time on water, we do have a function where people can go onto our website, so uh, mariemammal.org.au, and follow the TRACM function, and they can actually report um, and become citizen science themselves. So so help us know where the dolphins are, so that, you know, knowing that they're up at uh, at Point Cook. Uh, Marine Sanctuary would have been fantastic, and you can still do that, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, I certainly (laughs) Um, will. I've got to look up the photographs that I took and get you an exact time and date and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So there's all of that function on on the webpage to be able to report, yeah, exactly where you are, location, their behaviour. We got some great sightings uh, reported that just came through yesterday from Mornington uh, and then up in St Kilda a couple of days back as well. So they're they're certainly spreading themselves across the, the entire bay at the moment. Wow, good stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. This uh, The citizen science thing is really, uh, really gaining uh, momentum, isn't it, across yeah. so many sectors at the moment? Well, it just gives people that hands-on experience and know that what they're doing is actually helping, you know, helping what we're doing, and it really does because uh, we can put those all-important dots on the map and correlate that with, you know, what's going on in terms of fish runs. And uh, as I said, we'd love to be out there all the time but can't be, so we call on the community to, uh, to really help us with those sightings. Fantastic. Great stuff. And another uh, very interesting and exciting initiative you've got uh, going at the moment, Kate. Uh, can you tell us a bit about the Marine Champions? Yeah, so we've got this really great, exciting new program for um, youth, the youth uh, next generation, to get involved with the foundation. So we've got the Marine Champions program. And that's a way to, uh, basically from the community and the school groups that we were giving education programs to and our Be Not Bay program to, there was always you know, a handful of kids in that that really wanted to do more to be more actively involved, to learn more, um, 
um, to, to help conservation, to help, you know, causes. And so we, um, we thought we would, yeah, we sort of listened to that community call for, for, for a program like this. So we're launching Marine Champions. We're calling for expressions of interest. So we have our juniors, which are our 10 to 13-year-olds, and we have our youth, which are our 14 to 18-year-olds. And we'll be doing uh, things like having, you know, education days and learning all about, you know, marine mammals and how they communicate and uh, um, our amazing barren and dolphins. We'll be doing changing uh, opportunities for art. You know, art is a really big one in conservation now, getting your message out there through through visual communication. Um, and so it'll be a really great, exciting program for the next generation to get involved with and get really, you know, hands-on with our research and hands-on with our outcomes and and starting campaigns. So we've, we've got things like our Be Not Bay program and that's really un, um, getting people to rethink their use of single-use plastics. It's really great to do cleanups and do litter audits and understand where litter is coming from, but let's stop it in its tracks, you know. Let's let's rethink when we're down the supermarket. Do we really need to get our apples wrapped in plastic in a plastic bag, in you know, then in another plastic bag to take home? Yeah. So there are other choices that we can make, and um, we're really finding that that next generation are really keen to – make that difference um and that's what we're really wanting them to do is get involved and and give them an outlet to make that difference and make make a better tomorrow fantastic and do we have a um a sort of number in mind for the marine champions how many are we looking for here? well you know we're we're all inclusive we, you know <laughs> as, as many we want to give the opportunity to as many kids that that want to get involved um you know we've developed a program that i wish you know, how to been around when I was a teenager. Um, so they can go on and um, you can Google search Marine Champions or go onto our webpage, um, marinemammal.org.au marine, and look for Marine Champions and put your expression of interest there. Um, but it'd be great school holidays, activities and uh, excursions. It's going to be a really exciting program to really engage. Fantastic. And that's one of those things you've mentioned there, uh, you know, you're talking about the uh, even the, the art side of things. So many different segments of the community where people can get involved or so many different uh, areas of the program that people can find involvement in. Isn't yeah, there? I mean, you don't necessarily have to be, you know, a science geek like me. You can actually <laughs> get in there and you can be artistic and, and uh, do video grubs and um, graphic design and, you know, make, make litter arts. There's so many different ways of getting your message message out there now I mean even funny memes on on Facebook can get that message out there so it's thinking about things in, in a slightly different way rather than you know just being so straight down the line with facts and everything else it's really about um, opening up those skills and leadership skills and artistic sort of you know endeavors yeah so it it should be a great program that sounds great sounds very exciting so uh hop onto it people you heard it there first uh, marine champions okay um there was a couple of other little uh, items um for discussion kate um amsa the uh post-grad event yeah so wearing my other hat um and your other hat as yes, well, yeah. um for the australian marine sciences association on the victorian branch we're having uh, we're in the lead up to the conference which is over in Adelaide in July. We thought it'd be a great opportunity for all those postgrads studying marine sciences to get together and, um, you know, chat about different ideas and uh, present 
you know, conference presentations, but just really meet like-minded people. Um, so we've got a bit of a, a Eventbrite page going up for AMSA postgrad. So um, jump on there and and register your interest. And, and again, it's that next generation opportunity to meet. It's not just open to honours or PhDs or postdocs. We're encouraging undergraduate students to come along too and oh, start getting fantastic. a little bit more involved and, and hear about you know, dolphins and sea urchins and <laughs> all sorts of different, you know, little penguins and, and um, marine protected areas, a whole bunch of different things that, that these, these students are covering. Fantastic. Uh, sounds uh, another, another very interesting development. There's uh, lots out and about there when, uh, you know, sometimes people get a bit sort of hemmed in or they uh, put the blinkers on and don't quite realise that there's so many wonderful opportunities around there for people to latch onto. So, uh, yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of really good work and and sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming with networking, especially if you're new to the area or you are an undergraduate or a, a, you know, an honours student to actually sort of get that courage up to go into a room of people you don't know. And, and so this sort of event is really good because it's, you know, non-judgy judgy. You just go in there and meet like-minded people and get all marine geeky. It's great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And having been to a few of these events over the years, we have that jellyfish weekend and all that sort of thing. It was yeah. a similar sort of uh, feel to it in the sense that, uh, yeah, it's all about uh, communications and networking. And it's some of the, the very best uh, advice I've ever been given, I think, in my time at Melbourne Polytechnic. Well, the very first conference I ever attended, the, one of the guys there said, um, you know, the key thing is to just get out and about and develop your networks. That's yeah. the absolute key. Don't worry too much about all the, the show bags and the proceedings. They're all great, but really make sure you develop those networks and yeah. get to know people. And that's one of the main advice that, um, that I would give in any sort of career session too, is get out and get dirty and volunteer and meet different people, volunteer on different projects. You know, we, we accept volunteers at the foundation and I know that a lot of other... Um, universities you can go in and and just trial a few different things get out there and see what you like but but meeting that meeting a cohort of people that have a similar sort of interest is really cool too absolutely all right we're just about out of time on uh, out of the blue uh for this week thanks very much for coming into the studio kate no problem thanks for having me no worries at all we'd love to have you again because it's a uh, very rapidly evolving field lots of exciting stuff going on in the marines uh especially the marine mammal area at the moment yeah i could talk all day. Well. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. We'll, I'm sure we've got a, lots of other shows that we can uh, get you in on. So that'll be, uh, be fantastic. Okay, well, stay tuned for Out of the Pan with Sally and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.